Welcome back to the Preacher's Kids podcast with Eli Blevins and John Groves. The PK podcast is sponsored by the MI Agency, connecting excellent speakers and worship leaders with excellent platforms. Check them out at the MIAgency.com. Today we're joined by Colby Koloff, and in this first of two episodes, she shares a little bit of her background. When it comes to being a PK, we're running our own race, even separate from our parents. So what do we do when we don't exactly line up with what we're experiencing or learning? Let's dive into today's episode. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Preacher's Kids podcast. I'm here with my incredible co-host with the long hair, looking like Flynn Ryder from a Disney movie. Everybody, welcome Eli Blevins. What's up, Eli? How's it going, bro? What's it going on? I just learned who Flynn Ryder was, so there we go. Dude, the last time we talked, the world was in quarantine. It was just like one week ago, and now things are starting to open up. By the grace of God, I walked inside of a Chick-fil-A just, you know, uh, the other day. So um, they made me leave, but I walked in nonetheless, and it was amazing. It was a great experience. How are things going in North Carolina? Um, I walked into a Moe's today and ordered at like their little bar. I had to take it to go, but I mean, I was just thinking like, more restaurants should just do that, order and go. The it's question on all of our time. minds is, did they yell welcome to Moe's even though you couldn't stay? Oh, it was a very enthusiastic one. They had, they had been ready for two months to say that. Praise the Lord. And Taco Tuesday. Come on. And so what I want to know is when we do finally gather as a church again, because you're prepping your volunteers for that first Sunday back and I want to know how much of that welcome to Mo's enthusiasm are we going to see at all of our churches or what do you think is a real picture of how this first Sunday back is going to look? No hugging, nothing like that. No PDA. Don't high five people, but man, you better have the best smile that you've ever seen before walking in those doors. I tell you, we just need to take a trip to Disney world. I need to take all my people to Disney world and just show them good experience. Maybe the, maybe someone can pay for me to go to Disney world and, take about a hundred people down there with me and, and do that. But can I speak on behalf of all the preacher's kids when I say that Disney does a good, good job showing love without hugging you. And I wish that more church ladies would do the same. You can love me from over there, <laughs> but I do not need you wiping your essential oils, your old lady deodorant oh and hand me the strawberry candy and walk away. That's all I need from you. There, that's incredible. Yeah, I'm, I'm not really a big hugger. It's kind of a joke in my family because everyone else is like very embracy and I'm just like, fist bump, we're good, let's go. Exactly, I feel you. And I think that's how most preacher's kids are. And I'm excited to get into the episode today because we have a special guest. I'd love to draw it out with suspense, but everyone already saw the name on the title of the episode. But I do want to give you a little bit of backstory uh, we got to go to Israel together and had a phenomenal time. And while we were over there, I got to hear a little bit more of her story. We actually have a really similar story. Uh, her dad was a world champ wrestler who God radically saved. So she was born into a really unique ministry family and now does some really unique things in ministry herself. So I'm really excited to have Colby Koloff on the podcast today. What's up, Colby? What's up, guys? How is life in Nashville, Tennessee? Honestly, I'm hearing you guys get so excited about getting to go. I sat down at a restaurant two nights ago. Amen. What? Yeah. 
We opened I'm coming to Tennessee. capacity here in Nashville. So it's getting a little bit back to normal. So we started doing that wow. in San Antonio as well. The first place we went was County it. Line Barbecue to have some ribs. And we sat there and ate them with no masks on in Jesus' name. That's amazing. That is, I am so jealous right now. You have <laughs> no idea right now how jealous I am. Like, I, I honestly, a habit of mine, not a habit, a hobby of mine is like going to restaurants. And so that and sports and neither of those two things are available right now. So I am extremely jealous. Bless your heart. In Hipster Central there in the 615, I want to know how many unique masks have you seen? And could you describe them for us, please? Oh, yesterday I saw one, a girl had like the straps of her ears, like beaded. And then it was like this like florally design. I saw, uh, I've seen way, tons of patterns, tons of colors. I'm like, is this Project Runway mask time? I don't understand what's going on. <laughs> um, I'm over here. Don't, if people are going to come for me. I'm over here like not wearing one. I'll wear one if I have to in the grocery store. But other than that, I'm like, I'm going outside. I'm breathing in the air and I'm going <sighs> to breathe all my air everywhere. <laughs> The best is seeing people who are driving in their car with their gloves and their masks on. Like, you're the only germs you're, like, I, I'm, I'm literally speechless right now of it, but that's where we are. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, we all grew up preacher's kids, so we had to wear enough uh, masks growing up. We had to fake a lot of things and pretend to be a lot of things that we weren't. So we're just over this whole mask culture. I'm not wearing one. It's fake news. I'm just getting that out there. Come for me and I'll prove you wrong. I promise. Truly. I thought you were going to get into like the ribbons and the human dramas that we were all a part of. And I was like, yeah. I, I, like, I was like, what a segue. <laughs> that, was, that was just the spiritual side. Let's talk about all of the stupid plays and crazy, ridiculous skits that we had to do for church camp. Eli, what was that like? I still play baby Jesus because I'm like five foot nothing. (laughs) (laughs) I can still fit into the manger. So, And that's why you're one of my favorite friends. You make me feel tall, and I really appreciate that about you. (laughs) Yes, for those of you who don't know, I'm five foot nothing. No, I'm like five foot maybe six on a good day. So like... Yeah, uh, shorter than everybody else around me. And so they pick me up and put me in a little manger for Christmas. No, they don't really. But Which is why you're every basketball team, church league secret weapon. That's why I've not won a church league basketball game in three years. I'm 0-37 right now. 0-37. And And for someone who's as competitive as me, that's not a good thing. Colby, did you have to wear any crazy costumes growing up? Oh, man. Um, you know, we did like the ribbons. I have a more Pentecostal background. So did the ribbons, did the human dramas. I got kicked out of one because when we were doing the praise Jesus part, I kept going like this. And they were like, you look like you're hailing Hitler. We can't. So they literally (laughs) took me out. And I was like, I didn't know what I was doing. And I couldn't stop it. I just kept going. And they were like, yeah, this is, you're worshiping the wrong person. So um, that was my probably, you know, mortified moment. Abstain from all appearance of evil. You should have known here's, that. That's what the Bible says. See, here's why you need to explain things in church. We actually had someone ask us why we raise our hands and worship like this. And they thought it was that kind of thing again, like a hail, like Nazi kind of thing. And so like we had to clarify that, like, no, we like, this is how we worship kind of deal. So 
you never know. To the outside perspective, you don't know what's going on. So that's true. Colby, you grew up in a pretty unique environment. And so I'd love for you to just tell us a little bit about your story. I'm super intrigued because your ministry parents, specifically your ministry dad, came from a really cool, unique background. Like most of our parents were like, we graduated Bible college and whatever, but uh, your dad did something totally different. Tell us a little bit about you. Yeah. Um, so my dad was a professional wrestler way before I was born um, for years. And uh, like world champ, it's the WWE, is that what it's called now a day? So it was before they changed it to that. And it was um, like WF. WFW, it was something else. Okay, guys, I don't, I don't watch my dad in tights in those clips. Okay, there's just some scarring. Um, and so, yeah, so he did that and, uh, and then got radically saved. Like, um, randomly went to church one day, got invited and uh, went and went down to the altar and was like, I need Jesus. And, um, and so kind of from there on, things started to shift. Him and my mom owned a gym at the time. So they're still running the gym. But then everyone wanted to know about this, you know, world champ wrestler turned like Christian and wanted to hear his story. And so he started kind of just going around to churches, sharing his his testimony, sharing uh, how God saved him. And um, and then from there, it just kind of, you know, had this, uh, this snowball effect of not just sharing his testimony, but also sharing messages and, and words. And so it kind of just kept going. You know, a lot of preacher's kids get a little jealous over the attention of their parents because when they walk into a restaurant, the first thing that your dad typically does if you're a preacher's kid is scan the room to see if there's any church people in there. But your dad has a unique spin on that where he can walk into the room and people are looking him up and down to see if he really is who they think that he is. How did you deal with, with that? Because while it's a little different, it is a lot the same for every other preacher's kid that's out there. How do you deal with the attention that your parents are receiving all the time? Yeah, that's a good question. I don't think I realized um, how kind of unhealthy that can be if it's not handled in an appropriate way. Um, but it was definitely weird, but then again, you just get used to it. So I didn't know anything else, you know, like it was normal to be walking in Walmart getting groceries. And then someone's like, and we're from North Carolina. And so someone's like, Oh, you're that wrestler. And I'm like, no, my father was a wrestler. Thank you. I'm six years old. I can say it correct. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it obviously was weird and you're kind of like, okay, let's go. And so there is this weird kind of claw for attention claw for like, okay, don't answer that person back. Okay. Don't, don't talk to them very long. Like I get it. I get it. But also come on. Um, and so that's, that's a real thing. So growing up in the church and I grew up in kind of an evangelistic environment as well, traveling and speaking different places. What was your opinion of the church in general as you were growing up and seeing kind of the the backside of it? I don't know if I really formed an opinion until um, probably high school, like around 15, because 
and we'll get into this later, like my parents divorced when I was 11 and that shifted so much for me um, because I kind of had two parents who handled faith and spirituality very differently. Um, and, and so I think at like 15, 16, I'm looking around going, huh? Like, you know, I grew up, if the doors were open uh, of the church, we were there, like every camp I was there, whether I liked it or not. And I really didn't know any different until I started pursuing the Lord on my own at 15, 16 and going, huh, some of these experiences that I've had don't align with the book that I'm reading. Um, and I think that was the most, uh, probably shell shocking, but also just kind of different, difficult thing to wrestle with because you're going, wait, this doesn't really align with this, but this is like what I've been taught and what I've been shown and what I've seen. And so you feel like you're being pulled into different directions of truth versus experience. Eli, did you ever encounter that where you felt like, and I'm putting you on the spot because I know that, that Tim and Harriet listen, but did you ever come across <laughs> something that you questioned that you thought, and I've been taught this, but I'm not sure yet. I can't really think of like a specific, like maybe instance. It probably honestly came from everyone else around me trying to like maybe form their own biblical opinions and then trying to make us adapt to it or make me like, almost divert me away from like what my parents t- there. It was more of like that kind of thing than it was like, this is what we do and this is why we do it. And this is why I never like had a question It was more of everyone else on the other side having to kind of maybe throw that at me. And so I think, yeah, I had to walk through it just in a different way, but yeah, for sure. I saw that happen. I mean, I still see it happen all the time. Um, this was outside people, even people in the church. I just want to have their own kind of opinion on stuff and think that we should adapt to it. And then, you know, why sometimes you ask why they they think that and that kind of thing so yeah i mean i guess in a sense but not like literally my parents did this and i had to go question it so eli and i grew up in kind of polar opposite versions of the pk life and colby you just said something that really resonated with me and we want to encourage both sides of the equation because There are some PKs growing up in a really unhealthy environment, whether they realize it or not. And then there are some who are living the dream. And so we want to encourage and challenge and inspire both ends of the spectrum. But you talked about how you had two parents that viewed spirituality in general in very different ways. What did that look like growing up? How did that manifest itself in the home in parenting or marriage or different things like that? Yeah. Um, so I had, you know, a dad that was more the by the book father I had, I have (laughs) a daddy ain't dead. Um, uh, you know, who's more like by the book. Um, what's the scripture say? Like if the doors are open, we're in church, like more that route. Um, in the, you know, if it was ever in the unhealthiness and, and he would say this in the beginning of his walk, trying to figure it out, it really, lean more towards the legalism side of things. Um, and then, you know, my mom was way more, um, maybe I'll call it on like the spirit driven route, right. Where it's less like word for word by the book, but it's kind of just where the spirit's leading. And like, yes, you read your Bible and you go to church, but also like it's through the love you experience and exchange with one another is how you experience Jesus. And so, um, 
yeah, so it was just two opposites. And again, didn't recognize the difference between that until they were physically split, um, you know, and would go from one house to the other and kind of see these parallels um, and going, whoa, these, I feel like I'm in the upside down sometimes because I'm literally hearing or seeing the opposite of what the other person's saying. And so, um, yeah. And so it, it got, you find yourself as a kid and that's, what's really hard is being a kid in the midst of all of these things, because you want to uh, have allegiance to your parents. You want to, it, it is in us to bring God glory to honor him. He calls us to honor our parents. It's in us to want the approval and desire to honor those in authority um, most of the time. And so I think as a kid, you wrestle with, oh my gosh, what's truth? What, a you know, and then when you figure out that some of the things your parents are saying or doing, even if it's from the intention of that's genuinely what they thought at the time to be good or truthful uh and you're going oh my gosh you don't have everything together like i thought and you're supposed to be kind of my my leader um and it can be crippling if not handled in the right way yeah i grew up in a similar environment where i had a father and mother who disagreed on some major biblical things or what they would have described as biblical and then to add, I'm a fourth generation preacher's kid. So I had grandparents in the ministry who disagreed with them and great grandparents who disagreed with them. And they all were in one big cloud of disagreement together when it came to certain issues. And so for me, I've seen how that impacted me. At first, it caused me to go, I don't know what's true. Maybe none of it is. But then it's driven me personally into more of a you know, trust, but verify kind of a personality where I'll hear somebody say something and I go, okay, cool. Now I'm going to look that up to see if you're right, both biblically and, you know, in other practically in other things as well. I saw how that played itself out in me now. And then it even has affected like what I was looking for in a wife and what I was looking for in in-laws and things like that. What about you? How do you see that changing your perspective on things now looking back on what that looked like back then yeah i mean it uh definitely shifts a lot and shifts everything and it's um i think it's so important to remember and this is what our society um our society as a whole but it's, you know but in the christian world as well uh, is we forget the humanity of our parents um our pastors which our parents were the pastors, um, but we forget the humanity of it. And so, you know, when we're not careful and if from a young age, we aren't being instructed how to go about processing, handling and, and working through some of those things, um, then it can lead you to get angry at God, reject him, um, you know, harbor ungodly feelings towards your parents, towards Christianity, towards the Lord, you know, all these things. Um, and so, yeah, it's just, it's been years of going, okay, they're just as human as I am. Um, and, you know, I think now I'm, I'm about to be 24. And, you know, by the time my mom was 24, she had two little girls. And um, she was just on a completely different, just path of life and experience of life. And I've had to go, man, at 24, like, 
we were just in two different lives and, and she was making decisions the best she knew how. And then, you know, my parents and I just think of all these things. And so I think that really helps shift how you approach those things that you learned that were maybe incorrect. Um, and also learn and kind of decipher this is not good or this was not biblical or this was not the way that I need to handle it moving forward, but still in the midst of it going, um, but they're human and I need forgiveness every single day. And it is, who am I to not extend it to those, to my parents, to any pastor um, who didn't teach it perfectly because we never will. That's facts. That's good. Eli, your parents seem like they were pretty much on the same page with most things. Yep. Yes. I would love, Eli, to hear from you, your perspective on this, because even a little bit you shared that you've just had a different experience of that. Um, your parents are still together. Yep. Correct? Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> isn't that sad? I'm like, wow. <laughs> I know so many people who were all like, what's it like? It's so, it makes my heart hurt, but I rejoice in that. Uh, I just want to hear like your experience with that and just the difference. I'm fascinated by <laughs> a different kind of upbringing. Yeah. And I think for me, I always thought it was like, I, I always thought it was more normal for, for that. And then I realized like, that's not at all. So it's like, for me, I take it as like such a huge blessing. I think even every day I, I take it as that. And just to see them on the same page, like they're, I mean, of course there's gonna be times where it's like, you know, like a little tiff here and there, but like 99.8% of the time, just on the same track. Um, I think planting a church together, I've seen, you know, people that have because that's what we did 15 years ago. And we moved to a city where we knew nobody and uh, decided to plant there um, here in North Carolina and Wilmington, North Carolina. And I, I've seen so many times where people do that and then they're like, no, we want to do it this way or this way. And they kind of go off their, you know, their previous experience with church or ministry and they try to formulate their own way. For them though, I was like, they're straight as an arrow. Like it's like a train track. They're just on the same train, going the same place and still are to this day. I mean, it blows my mind every single day because I'm around my parents more than, not more than my wife, but probably they're the next people who I'm with the most. And just seeing how consistent, like for me, the consistency is so, it's almost like on a pedestal now, like consistency is where I want to be because I've seen that emulated in my life over and over and over and modeled. And so just being able to see them, even if they inherently maybe even disagree with something, how they even work through that and it gets resolved like, like that. And so for me, I guess I was just really, really blessed by that. And so shout out to mom and dad, AKA Tim and Harriet. By the way, dad, I'm sitting in your office right now doing this. So thank you. You have a very comfy chair. You've got a great setup in here for this. And so thank you for that. But um, no, they're fantastic. I just didn't see much. And maybe they hid some of that from us as kids. Maybe they did a good job hiding it. I don't know. I'd never really ask. But from my perspective, I'm 26. I never really saw any of that kind of tension play out or at least not longer than like 15 minutes of a conversation so I don't know I know that we're all everyone has different experiences and so I can only you know share from mine you can only share from yours but that's just how mine was and I thank God for my parents and I think it's one of the reasons now why I was so gung-ho to get into ministry I was like this is all, like you can people like you and then you come in and like they they like you they follow you they do all this stuff and then I got in ministry I'm like oh people don't always like you like all right, that's interesting. So even for me being on staff, seeing how many people don't always agree with me, but their MS as senior pastors, 
and, and knowing that people probably don't like them and see how they even handle that and don't let it even phase them. Mm-hmm. I'm like, wow, that's something like, even though, you know, I aspire to be, because for me, I'm like, you don't like me. Like, I'll tell you off right now. Then they're just like, oh, we're good. Like, we're still here. We're on our mission. We're doing what God's called us to do. And, you know, take it as they come. So things like that being, being all of my life over and over and over. Hopefully, you know, one day in 20 years from now when I'm their age, then, you know, I'll be able to be just like that. So shout and out both, to the parents. Both of these perspectives are so important because Very. if you're coming from an environment like Eli, you have so many things going for you. If you're a preacher's kid and your parents are doing their best to guide you in how to be a successful couple and they're doing their dead level best to, to raise you in the church and with an appreciation for the church, you should thank God for them. Even when they do things and say things that you're like, oh my gosh, you know, problem with being a PK is this. You should praise the Lord because you are going to be in a spot one day where you look back and say, I'm so thankful for my family. And those are the kind of parents, I want to be parents just like what I had. But then if you grew up on the other side, like Colby and I did, I sometimes I'm jealous of Eli where I'm like, man, I wish I would have had that family or like my, my in-laws, I look at them and I go, dang, I wish I would have had that family. But then I go, man, I think a lot of who I am, I don't know about you, Colby, but I think a lot about who I am is a credit to being made to study the word of God, to learn what was true and what wasn't. I think a lot of who I am is a result of saying, I don't want to be that. So whatever is the opposite of it, I'm going to be this. Mm-hmm. And even, I, not to say that it was all bad. There were a lot of great things as well. But no matter which side of the equation you find yourself on, PK, listening to this, thank God for where you are and look for the pros. Look for the areas where you can grow because it will radically change your perspective and your life when you see that God has blessed you in whatever situation you're in just to be able to be a preacher's kid. Yeah. yeah and for anyone else like that, maybe in a, you know the opposite end of the spectrum is I am, you got to run your own race. I mean, we're all doing this thing called life together and you just got to run your own race that God's given to you. So maybe for you, it is, you know, looking and saying, you know, like, maybe I know what not to do. And you just, you know, it just formulates in your life. You know, this adds to this and adds to this. Next thing you know, you've gone further than you thought you would have. And you've, you know, have, I don't want to say outshine where they were, but you're in a different place than where they were. You have to just, you know, kind of run your own race at this too. So don't let your parents hold you back or even prop you up too much either. I mean, there's probably cons to both sides of that too. Well, that's all we have time for today, but we hope you'll join us for part two of this episode with Colby Koloff. In next week's episode, we dive a little deeper into living that fishbowl life, practical tips for developing a personal faith, and coming to grips with and having peace in knowing that where you are is exactly where God wants you to be. We'll see you next time.